If you're driving, please remember to use your car's Bluetooth speaker while listening to the AM Drive. Sports talk is not worth your safety or the safety of others. Grab your popcorn and sit back. <laughs> Jump the gun. Oh, no, give me more than that. Okay, go this way. That was dumb. We are. hump day to everyone in the sports universe it is june the 22nd 2022 this is the am drive on twitter youtube and facebook and we are live for semi action i am michael carvelis what's up thumbs up semi hey hey good morning hey you know I, i got a chance to watch a little bit of baseball yesterday and i watched something i haven't watched probably in years the pittsburgh pirates have you seen their new young kid, O'Neal Cruz? I have not. So they have a new shortstop. He is the tallest shortstop uh, to ever play baseball. He also has the strongest arm to ever play shortstop. He threw a 98-mile-an-hour throw from across the diamond to the first baseman. Ooh. The kid is absolutely electric. He's super fast. I think he hit a double and stole a base. He did all kinds of stuff in his first couple games. But if you have a chance, check out some pirate baseball. I'm going to watch. Shohei Otani got two home runs and eight RBIs yesterday, and his team lost. I did see that. I did see. Uh, uh, I did see that game was a little bit wild and crazy. Hey man, baseball's got some nice prospects. You got Aaron Judge, who looks like LeBron James. You've got the Cruz. You said his name is Cruz, right? O'Neill Cruz. Yeah, check him out. Check out his highlights. And Shohei Otani was doing Babe Ruth things. Pretty good. Yeah, baseball's got some good young talent. You know, people talk about how baseball's uh, viewership is down. I think the World Series got more views than the NBA Finals. Just saying. Whoa! Hold your horses, sir. I think that's true. I, I, I will find you a set. Well, it's also baseball, and it never dies. So there you go. Nor should it. Yeah. Hey, um, before we get to our ad read, I thought it was appropriate we do this. Caleb Swanigan, Former Purdue basketball star and Portland Trailblazer has died of natural causes at the age of 25. And this morning, um, Baltimore Ravens outside linebacker Jalen Ferguson also passed away. He was 26. The cause of death has not been um, announced yet. As for Caleb, he was a six foot nine power forward from Indiana who's a five-star recruit. Um, great story about this Caleb Swinnigan guy. He recalled living in multiple homeless shelters, and even attended 13 schools by age 13. He was a finalist for the 2017 National Player of the Year alongside Alonzo Ball and Josh Hart and the eventual winner, Frank Mason. He was also six months younger than me. As for Jalen Ferguson, he had three kids, which I'm sure he'd tell with you. And it turns out he was doing great things for his community. Oh, this is horrible. This is just horrible. Two very young people. It's bad when anybody dies, but two young people, one younger than me and one who's got three kids, well, kids like you, is pretty not fun to talk about. No. Definitely uh, tough to see these headlines coming up. It seems to be happening a little bit more recent. Uh, yeah. Yeah, just uh, people I, I watched in, when they played in college, you know, Caleb Swanigan a little bit in the pros, you know, being a my, one of my best friends, the Ravens fan, so uh, you know I've heard the name Jalen Ferguson. I'm not 
very familiar with his, but I know he had some pretty good stats. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's sad to hear anybody young like this uh, have have issues, whatever they were, and mm. uh, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully they rest in peace. And his friends, shout out to his family and the friends they leave behind, man. That's rough stuff. But I'm going to go and take five seconds off this show for that moment. Alrighty, not a good tradition we like to have on this show, but it must be talked about because it is relevant in the sports world. Um, so Sammy, with that, I ask you this: Who has the best sports morning show? These guys. This, yes, right, everybody here. <laughs> so that's right. You can support our show when you buy our merchandise. Head to AM Drive to online and pick up a mug, T-shirt, you name it. And don't worry about the price. In fact, if it's more expensive than another podcast, let us know in the DMs. We'll price match it. And even if it means taking a loss, go to amdrive.online. How do you like that, Sammy? It's unreal, man. What you guys are trying to do is, is absolutely fantastic. It's unfair almost. <laughs> Let's get to this news that broke last night randomly. Settling for less. Cleveland Brown star quarterback Sean Watson has settled 20 of the 25 lawsuits against him. One of them had to drop out because she would not give her name. Just to let you know why it's 25 or not 26. But, hey, this, of course, after saying publicly to Sean Watson, he said he would not do this. He would not settle. Sammy, to me, this looks like Deshaun realized his career might have been in jeopardy if he didn't swallow the bullet here. Um what this does is open the door for the NFL to suspend him and really get this whole debacle over with. Um, now, granted, to be fair, a league spokesperson said this breakthrough has nothing to do with the process, but um, I think he's he, he's lying. Um, what is your initial thought process with the news of a settlement here? Well, I think that the potential loss of uh, future contract value is greater than whatever the settlement number is going to be, right? So getting this put in his past where it's no longer a headline that gets, you know, smeared through the media every single day and then prompts the NFL to take harsher discipline on him is is worth whatever he had to output for, for a settlement. And we don't know the details of the settlement. For all we know, the settlement could have been he he agrees not to countersuit, right? That could be the, the, the details of the settlement. We don't know that. You know, he paid out any monies. We, we, we won't probably find out much of that information. And so uh, in the end, I think he should do everything he can to get this put to bed and, and you know, move on from it. Uh, hopefully the NFL will then pass judgment. And we can move on with the story because in, in the end, this is not how I want to spend my mornings doing uh, Deshaun Watson, <laughs> you know, disgusting things. This should be suspended conversations, right? I want to talk about sports. And so, uh, and you know, whatever the case is, the, these women make them whole, make them feel like they, you know, they won and let's move forward. Like it's, it's not a, it's not a thing that we can really fix at this point. So uh, kudos to his attorney and him for trying to move it forward and, and get it taken care of. Um, we've talked before about how long the suspension should be. Um, Aaron made a good point about him already missing a season. But then of course, the other day we get the Washington post saying the NFL wants a significant suspension. 
And they also mentioned waiting as long as this thing lasted. Well, once Watson heard that, he said, sure, I'll sign off on this. And we're settled 20 of these puppies. Um, what are your thoughts on that, on the whole suspension length? Because this seemed like after the NFL, after Washington Post said that, Deshaun Watson like, okay, fine, let's do this. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, that that seems very accurate. Again, I, we don't know what's in the settlement and what he had to agree to. But, um, yeah, whatever he can to lessen his suspension and get back on the playing field uh, is what seems to be most important to him. And so it's certainly what's most important to the Browns and probably what's most important to the NFL. But here's the thing, and I know a lot of people aren't talking about this. The longer Deshaun Watson is suspended, the worse it makes the NFL look as well. So – if he gets suspended for six games, you know, they've passed a judgment. They've punished him for his actions. He gets back on the field. They can start the whole, you know, rehabilitation process. But the longer he's out, the more that will be in people's minds that the NFL is still harboring a person who did all these terrible things. And so for the NFL, they probably want to get him back on the field too. Right. You know, speaking of on the field, another guy this might help is Baker Mayfield. Because your successor is finally going to get his sentence. So the Cleveland Browns can breathe a sigh of relief, realize their situation, and maybe find you a home. If you're Baker Mayfield, you're like, yes, good job, and let's get those five over with already. So the thing about Baker Mayfield is, and I don't know him personally, so I can't speak to his frame of mind, but he doesn't seem like the type of person who, I don't want to say cares, because I know he does care, Mm. but – He's getting paid anyway for this year. So wherever he wins, wherever he winds up, uh, he has to get his head wrapped around the fact that he's going to be a backup quarterback somewhere. And I don't think he's ready to do that. And so um, he's never shown propensity to say, hey, put me somewhere I want to play. Whereas like Jimmy Garoppolo has had the exact opposite approach to it. He doesn't mind being a backup. He doesn't mind being a mentor. He just wants to help a team win. And so uh, that's why a lot of people are talking about this flip between these two exactly makes a lot of interesting case because Jimmy G would be a fantastic person to have for a year for Cleveland while they're trying to win Super Bowl. And, you know, Baker Mayfield could back up Trey Lance, but I don't know that he's ready to do it. I was thought on that when we get to our rumor hazards in the next segment, so I hope that you're prepared for what I have to say because it might be a little bit different on what you just said there. Looking forward to it. Woo! Make sure to follow us if you enjoy the show and subscribe to our YouTube for awesome segments you might have missed. Um, when we come back, can the Lightning keep momentum and tie up the Stanley Cup? It's a Game 4 Stanley Cup Final Preview, plus some more NFL rumor has it, this time with Sammy. We write back to the AM Drive on Twitter, YouTube, and uh, what's the guy who owns Facebook? Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg will be right back. (laughs) The AM Drive with Mike and Aaron might be the best morning show ever. If you love the show, shop the merchandise for $26 hoodies, $16 shirts, even $13 mugs. High quality swag for cheap because Mike and Aaron love the fans. The best morning show, the lowest price merch at amdrive.online. This is Popple, the next generation business card. With just a tap, your Popple instantly shares your digital business card to both iPhone and Android devices. The best part? The other person doesn't need an app or a Popple to receive your info. 
To pop your info, tap your popple to the top of an iPhone, the center of an Android, or just scan your in-app QR code. And just like that, all your info is saved to their phone. More connections, more leads, more sales. That's Popple. Download our free app and get your Popple today. Aren't you the Vice Golf guy? Yeah. You want an autograph? Uh, yeah. Actually, I was just wondering if the balls are any good. The balls are amazing. You look like a Pro Plus guy. I thought you'd never ask. It's actually better than my old ball. And it's half the price. Top performing golf ball, half the price. It's almost stealing. Quit searching the globe and get your high performing golf balls at vicegolf.com. Fanatics.com, the world's largest collection of officially licensed fan gear from all the leagues, teams, and players you love. Shop now and get today's special offer. Fanatics.com, officially licensed everything. happy hump day once again if you want the best merchandise from your favorite team no matter the league including daily deals such as today's deal which is 65 percent off site wide you have to go to mygaryandjob.com and do what mr semi click the f gotta click the f when you click the f the entire fanatics experience is at your disposal no more wandering if it's nba store or nba shop because it's MikeAndAaronDrive.com. Support your team and our show. Thanks. Hey, did you hear about uh, Michael Rubin? He's the owner of Fanatics. He just sold his uh, minority stake in the Nets and the uh, 76ers uh, to basically focus full-time on Fanatics. You know, you come with, uh, with awesome insight every single day, and i got to give it to you, man. Did not see that one coming, and that's awesome. Yeah, Work I think for us. I really think uh, Fanatics is going to break into some, like, fan duel or some sort of, like, daily sport betting options. And mm. it's going to be more than just a store. I think, uh, you know, Michael Rubin's kind of a revolutionary, you know, he's a visionary. And so I think he's going to move Fanatics into a direction that he couldn't do when he was part ownership of a team. To be fair, we're going to talk about Amazon in a little bit, too. Amazon used to be a book, oh, used to be a book app. Oh, I remember. I was in college during those days. Oh. Wow, <laughs> I was a kid. Learning. <laughs> okay, let's get to game four. Tampa Bay swung back, or should I say struck back, in a big way in game three. Home ice did the trick for waking up star goalie Andre Vasilevsky, despite even a shaky start in game three. Yesterday I brought up to you that the Lightning being physical wear down the speed of Colorado. Do you think that that works in game four tonight? How are you feeling about the, the pace of the game you might see? Uh, you know, I've been on record as saying I think Colorado is much faster than Tampa, and they looked much faster in game three as well. Yes, um, in, in the end, they got to put the thing in the thing, right? It, it's not going to matter if they're more physical or not more physical. If if they can get past Kemper, certainly early, uh, I think Tampa Bay can steamroll them again. Uh, for the most part, though, I do think, and I've, I've said it every game, Colorado, I think, is the better team. Uh, I, I did think this game, this series would go quite a few games, so I, I have no issue with Tampa winning game four, uh, making it a best of three. Uh, but in, in the end, I, I just think every game, Colorado will be either a slight dog or, or big favorite, depending on where they're playing. And I think this is no different. They, they should They should 
play a good game. Colorado, you know, if they can put if they can get things past Vazzy, it's going to be a Colorado beat up. If they can't, then I think Camp Bay will hold serve at home. So let's switch to the Av side like you were doing there. Um, Aaron told us that Nathan McKinnon was wasn't not going to beat the Lightning. Should it be concerning that even though the Avalanche are up, that that has happened even without the speed of Braden Point, who, by the way, is out again tonight? What should Colorado do to get their star going? Because I feel like if he gets going, it looks pretty good for the Avalanche. I don't know that he can. I don't know that they can do a lot to get him going. You know, one of the nice things about hockey is you get to match up your best versus their best. And mm-hmm. in this case, this is not a matchup that McKinnon can easily win uh, versus other teams where he's just simply a much faster, much more skilled skater. And so uh, him being him being big in the series isn't the way they're going to win anyway. Uh, getting McCarr a couple goals was helpful. Their, their second and third lines being so much faster than Tampa's lines is where they scored most of their goals in games one and game two. And so, you know, Sure, you'd love to get McKinnon a goal, get him started, have him play a little bit more fired up. But him just taking out the best defenders for mm-hmm. their shifts is is him contri- contributing to the team. So you told him McKinnon he doesn't really he hasn't really gotten going, and maybe he can't. Do you think? I know you kind of mentioned that the Avs can continue can finish the series with other stars rolling because to me. In order to beat a juggernaut like Tampa, you need your stars. I'm going to compare it to basketball here. Just like Boston needed Tatum, even though Horford and others stepped up, does Colorado need Nathan McKinnon and other guys to step up, or can they get this done? I know they got 2-1 lead, but can they get it done and finish it, a team like Tampa Bay, without that? I think absolutely so. They can. Mm. Uh, McKinnon and McCarr will draw the best defense of Tampa every time they're on the ice, which means those defenders can't be out on the ice nearly as much to help out against the second and third lines. Now, second and third lines are really talented. You know, you've seen their second and third level players really step up so far in the series. All of their goals have come from those lines. And so, you know, if McKinnon continues to draw the defense towards him, then the other players can step up, and that is him contributing. Just because it doesn't show up on the stat line doesn't mean he's not doing his job. Good point. Who wins tonight? I'm going to go with Tampa Bay, but we might sweat this one a little bit. I, I believe the series line right now is plus 250 for the Lightning. So if you think the Lightning are going to come back, jump on it immediately because it starts tonight. Who wins tonight, though? I do think Tampa wins tonight. I don't think it's going to be a blowout like it was in game three. I think it will be a closer match, Uh, something like, you know, an overtime win or, you know, a a late empty netter to give them a two-goal lead. But I don't think it will be a blowout. I think Colorado will play a much better game. Uh, I'm curious to see if Kucherov comes back and plays, if Brayton Point comes back and plays, and if Kemper gets a short leash. Because if he gives up an early goal, you know, do they pull him right away? And, and go with uh, and go with their backup. So there's a lot of drama sort of in the who's going to be where in this game type of stuff. But uh, I do think Tampa will pull it out at home. You know they they played fairly well at home. They'll go seven. That's why seven in the beginning. <laughs> Kucherov will is likely playing tonight, and Braden Point is doubtful. Just to let you know. Yep, uh, I I heard the same. I'm curious if Braden Point will find a way to suit up. Ooh. You know, hockey players always find a way to suit up anyways. They're hockey players. They play here all the time. Like, 
with her jaws bleeding. You just hit me in the mouth. Goes back out next time. Like, it's insane. True story. Absolutely insane. Sammy, rumor has it the Browns would trade Baker to the Niners for Jimmy. Um, who says no, if anyone? Well, the Browns would be getting the way better end of this deal, right? They get a guy who will come in and has no problem being a backup. They have a guy who comes in and has led his team to playoff wins. Uh, they also will pay more for that guy. And so mm. the Browns will get the better player in this situation. Um, I don't know that Baker's a great fit with San Francisco, but he needs a fresh start somewhere. If he says to them emphatically he will happily back up Trey Lance, they get a, an, probably the best backup in the league at that point. So I just don't know that he can get his head wrapped around the idea that he's a backup quarterback and, you know, who's to tell. Glad you mentioned that. See, I love the possibility of Baker helping Trey Lance because – I was actually a few weeks ago watching an interview from Colin Coward after Cleveland had drafted Baker. Remember that Tyrod Taylor existed? Well, Baker seemed to actually support the process more than media was giving him credit for. Now, granted, he might be different now, and that might be catering to the cameras, but I also wouldn't put it past Kyle Shanahan to even use Baker, even though being a backup. Like, I would not be surprised if, you know, Trey Lance is going crazy, but Baker might be used for some stupid packages just, just to shut him up. But, hey, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that Baker – so Baker and Trey Lance have a very similar game style, except that Trey Lance uses his legs more. I don't know that there's a package you'd want Baker in for. If you think Trey Lance is your guy, and I'm not saying I do. I don't, I'm not sold on that either. Wow. But if you think Trey Lance is your guy – then there's nothing that Baker can do that you would rather him do than have Trey Lance do, right? So uh, I don't know if there's packages. It's more or less just the mentorship, right, of having to deal with the pressure, having to, you know, having to overcome the media, you know, being on the hook for every good throw, bad throw, you know, everything that comes with being an NFL quarterback. If Baker can come in and be that guy at a cheaper price than Jimmy G, they get some value there. If he doesn't want to be that guy, and I don't think he does, and he causes drama in your locker room. I mean, then you have no issue, no no want of him whatsoever. So it, it really comes down to the mental makeup of Baker Mayfield and what he wants to do. If if Trey Lance goes down, and he probably will get hurt. Guys like him do. He'll mm. get back on the field and then be able to sign like a Mitch Trubisky kind of thing, right? Go somewhere else the following year. He'll be an unrestricted free agent after this year, no matter what happens. And so, uh, but for one year, I think Baker really wants to start, and I don't think that he's ready to take a backup role. You know, we could be like the British bettors and maybe, you know, kind of bets on a train that's contingent. I don't thought that out there. Um, as for the Browns, let's say this trade happens. Um, Jimmy G has done nothing but win. Um, he won't win games, but he definitely does enough to get you in position to be successful. I personally think Cleveland would do well with Jimmy. Um, thoughts on Jimmy going to the Browns? I know we've talked about this. I don't know if it was off there or on air, so tell me how you would feel about that. Uh, so I mentioned this yesterday when this rumor start, started to circulate a little bit more. Um, it, it's an interesting concept because the Browns are ready to win right now. They have yes. a great defense. They have great running backs. They have great wide receivers. They are built to win this year. I mean, it becomes an interesting thought if Jimmy comes over and leads them to a Super Bowl, right? Leads woo! them to, deep into the playoffs. Then what do you do with Deshaun Watson, right? Do you just cut bait with Jimmy G who comes over and leads you all the way to your promised land? Uh, it, it makes for a very interesting storyline. I don't know that that will be what happens, but I would love to see it. I, I love rooting for the Browns. I just hate rooting for Baker Mayfield. 
I know the Browns are kind of easy to root for because they always suck. So it's like, oh, yeah, I'm not really sure. I hope they do well. But it's like, you know. It's hard to root for a guy like Baker on that team because he plays like such a jerk sometimes. Uh, Jimmy G is such a classy guy. And I would much prefer rooting for him to, to do well in that situation. But I like the Browns in general. I like their whole roster. And I think they're ready to win. So Jimmy G would be a great fit for them. Fair. Rumor has it, Hall of Fame backup quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick is, jo- spent, is joining Amazon as an NFL analyst for pregame, halftime, and postgame shows. I personally like this because he's like a gem, like he's a diamond. The dude wore a Duck Dynasty beard simply to appease fans. Like, that's incredible. But I was actually more surprised to hear that Richard Sherman is on the same broadcast team. Like, oh, okay, he's a free agent, but apparently he's not a free agent. What's your thoughts I mean, on Ryan Fitzpatrick in the broadcast booth? I mean, I love Ryan Fitzpatrick. The guy is awesome. He's hilarious. I think if they combine him with Richard Sherman, then they go out and get Gronk. You have probably the best. You have the best broadcast team in the history. <laughs> you know, I'm glad you said that because rumor has it as well. How about this? Rob Gronkowski is retiring again. This according to social media, and to me, to me, this seems weird considering Tom Brady said recently that his will to win might is going to run out soon. So, first off, is Gronk the best tight end ever? I'm just kind of throwing that out there to you. Uh, I don't think he's the best tight end ever. I think he's a very, very good tight end. One of the top five. Uh, I don't know that he's the best one ever. I mean, we, we were blessed with some really amazing tight ends. You know, Antonio Gates comes to mind off the top of my head. Um, just some really amazing guys throughout throughout the years. Uh, and he is no different. And his stats are absolutely incredible. But passing stats are also incredible. Uh, but I don't think Gronk is retired. I, I I don't think this is the end of his uh, of his playing career. You could say you heard it first year. Um, I think Gronk is going to pull a Brady basically and retire. Then he's going to retire and he'll be back on the field. Maybe not the full year, but some way down somewhere down the middle of the road, he gets a call from uh, Tom Brady. Hey man, we really need you for the back end of the season. You know, we'll pay you a full year salary. Come play six games with us, and you'll see Gronk back on the field. I'm glad you said that as well because I was prepared for that. So his agents did not rule out the possibility of, of unretiring again because Brady could convince him. But, I mean, Tom gave him a nice farewell on social media. I think it would be kind of ignorant, not saying you are, but I think it would be kind of ignorant just to think that they haven't already talked about that. Like you think Brady – you think Gronk just retired and didn't tell Brady. It's like Brady's already tried to say, hey, come back. Gronk's like – this time it's it, bro. Hey, many people said the same thing when Brady retired. You know, obviously Brady spoke to his friends and family. Obviously, he made his decision, except he right. hadn't. And, uh, he, you know, he was still sort of up in the air on it. I'm not saying that he didn't say that, but um, these guys aren't retired until they no longer put on a jersey. I, they're just too talented, too good, and too young, at least in Bronx's case, 33. to say that I don't want to play anymore. And he loves playing football. He also loves partying, drinking beer, and all the other stuff, too. <laughs> There's plenty of time for that in his life, but uh, I yeah, I think the competitive drive in this guy is just too strong. And the the first game that he watches, because I'm sure he's still a fan, and Brady misses an open tight end or an, a tight end can't get open, and they lose a game, he'll want to play and he'll he'll want to come back and he'll have an open spot whenever he's ready. I agree. You think it affects the Buccaneers this year? Absolutely, it does. You know the Buccaneers. Tom Brady is, I mean, people have used the term he's a system quarterback. And that's ridiculous because he's won on multiple systems and multiple offensive coordinators. But I think he 
I think he thrives when he knows and trusts all the people he's throwing the ball to. So having consistency in those guys is really important to him. Um, having Gronk as a safety outlet is has been one of his best receivers the last couple of years. And so anytime you lose that, you lose you know the guys out of the backfield he likes to throw to. The guy he knows where they're going to be and they know how to react to him. And so you know training up a new guy is tough. And, and you know Tom Brady's not getting any younger. He wants to win now. That's true. He did say Buccaneers believe he came back to win again. It's like no crap. They came back to win it again. That's what they do. Well, you they play do. the game to win. Somebody once said that. It's a good quote. That's a great quote. Um, thanks again, Sammy, for all you do. Um, Tony Johnson is waiting. So when I come back, professional better, Tony Johnson will be here. But, Sammy, thank you so much for coming on the show. Always okay. my pleasure, my friend. I will uh, I will see you tomorrow. Have a great You better. Day. I'll be here. <laughs> I'll be right back with Tony Johnson. We'll be right back. Bye. The AM Drive with Mike and Aaron might be the best morning show ever. If you love the show, shop the merchandise for $26 hoodies, $16 shirts, even $13 mugs. High quality swag for cheap because Mike and Aaron love the fans. The best morning show, the lowest price merch at amdrive.online. This is Popple, the next generation business card. With just a tap, your Popple instantly shares your digital business card to both iPhone and Android devices. The best part? The other person doesn't need an app or a Popple to receive your info. To pop your info, tap your Popple to the top of an iPhone, the center of an Android, or just scan your in-app QR code. And just like that, all your info is saved to their phone. More connections, more leads, more sales. That's Popple. Download our free app and get your Popple today. Aren't you the vice golf guy? Yeah, you want an autograph? Uh, yeah. Actually, I was just wondering if the balls are any good. The balls are amazing. You look like a pro plus guy. I thought you'd never ask. It's actually better than my old ball. And it's half the price. Top performing golf ball, half the price. It's almost stealing. Quit searching the globe and get your high performing golf balls at vicegolf.com. Fanatics.com, the world's largest collection of officially licensed fan gear from all the leagues, teams, and players you love. Shop now and get today's special offer. Fanatics.com, officially licensed everything. Can't lie, this ad read might stink because um I see the cosmic brownie, I'm starving. <laughs> um, but Tony Johnson, if you host a podcast or run a small business, even if you write on medium, um, it's hard spreading the word, we'll be the first to admit. Friends want to check it out, but they might not. So it's time to grow your brain with Popple. P-O-P-L. Popple is easy to use, but high-tech digital business card. You can get your Popple using the code AM Drive and all caps for 20% off. Set up your links and share. And don't worry. Wow. People you share with do not even need the Popple app or Popple itself. So get the Popple. You get your Popple using the code EM Drive for 20 percent off. Set up. I just already said that part. Holy cow. It comes in keychain, possibly even credit card form. P-O-P-O.co, whatever. Um, hi Tony. 
<laughs> That's a long read, Mike. I, I don't blame you there. I would have tripped up myself. Good to see you again. I got friend. it down for a couple of weeks now. Man, I screwed up, but good to see you too, sir. Absolutely. Um, we have to get right into this firestorm because I'm telling you what, it's funny that last week we kind of mentioned the LIV and the US Open, and they did their the best their best impression of recapping our show. So Brooks Kepka, I, I saw this this morning about 5 a.m. I was like, man, I'm going to talk to Tony about this cop right here. Bruce Kepka gets so mad about um, being asked about the LIV. Shoots a plus seven for the U.S. Open. What's your take on the hypocrisy? Because it's not like Greg Norman saw that and said, hey, that's my guy. What's your take on Brooksy joining the LIV after that and shooting like garbage? Yeah, I think there's a lot of factors in play. Unfortunately, the timing of it is is obviously not ideal, and uh, we've seen some chinks. We've seen some chinks in the armor here with Brooks. I think the last couple of years, you know, he hasn't won a major uh, now. Now in that time frame, and uh, we've even seen him struggle in a lot of events where um, he hasn't uh, in years past, and he's missing cuts. And um, as you said, you know, kind of an outburst, really for no reason. Yeah, I mean, did he get a lot of questions about it in a row? He did. He did. I watched the press conference. You know, it wasn't ideal. Reporter, yeah, reporters can be a little bit pushy, and but that's part of the game, as you know, Mike. I mean, this is this is what it is. So, yeah, it was it was disheartening to see. Uh, more so the fact that now he's he's leaving us uh, for the live tour, at least uh, you know for however long you know that ends up being. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's just it's a shame because we haven't even seen a lot of Brooks anyway. You know, he hadn't even played since the Masters. Uh, I ran. I understand he got married. You know, a lot of things going on, but. Ooh. Yeah, but to see him only play twice, you know, uh, since April, um, it's frustrating. It's frustrating because he really he moves the needle, and he's an entertaining guy, and he's a guy we we like to whether you love or hate him. Um, he's a good guy to have around. So that'll be the real shame in all of this. You know, I, I actually um I, I've been a Bryson DeChambeau guy ever since their incident where he called him Brooksy. That's why I just called him Brooksy, by the way. Yeah. Um, it's good for the LIV to be to be. Oh, completely yeah. neutral here. Oh yeah. That now those two guys are beefing are now in your league. Hey, it's gotta be. I mean, as, as long as he doesn't shoot like crap. But then again, it's like every guy they brought, in, they brought, in, they brought besides that Schwartzel Pretzel guy. It sounds like a pretzel name. I'm sorry, that's why I said that. But it, it just seems they like they have a good thing going. At Bryson and Brooks are there now too. Oh yeah. Yeah, and they, and those guys, as you said, they're they're very apparent on, you know, social media and in the news, and it's uh it's definitely a good spot. Again, whether they play well or not, I don't think matters as much as the fact that it's news, Mike, and they will move the and people will be willing to go over. There are people that support, as you said, Bryson. The people that support Brooks Kepka, uh, no matter what, um, there are some of those. No. Um, there's a bunch that you know nobody cares about Charles Schwartzel, you know, anymore. Maybe besides, <laughs> you know, our our friend out here, uh, Token Tony, who I know loves him still. But oh, there's a lot of guys that no one's going to care, that no one's going to move towards or against. Whereas there are, there are, there is a collection of people that will, you know, follow to where Brooks goes. Maybe just to hate on him, maybe to be that. But um, he matters. He matters Guilty. a lot uh, for the live tour. He is he is the second most important guy that has moved over now uh, behind Ooh. DJ. I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's he. You know, these are players in their yeah. Maybe DJ's a little past his prime, but. Brooks Kepka is, in theory, a player in his prime uh, that that could that can very well and has been an elite player. He's a four-time major winner. You know how many four-time major winners are there? You know on tour, you can count them on one hand. So, yeah, I mean it's uh, it, it's just uh, again, we'll see what happens. 
trying to stay out of it as much as I can here and just, uh, you know, talk about what's actually going <laughs> on. But, yeah. Uh, how good was the U.S. Open minus the politics? Because I thought it was fantastic. Oh, it was great TV, Mike. I mean, uh, you couldn't have done any better uh, than that, especially on Sunday. Wow, so many great storylines, so much great play. Um, you know, the, the eventual winner, Fitzpatrick, hitting 17 greens in regulation uh, in the final round of a U.S. Open. Uh, it's it's remarkable. The fact that actually he didn't run away with it by the end, um, just because he couldn't really make any putts. He finally made one, I think, on the 14th hole. Uh, for birdie, but he just putted so poorly, hitting that many greens in regulation. If he had made some putts along the way, I actually think he could have separated himself uh, from the field there. But certainly a really, really good uh, thing to see. Um, I think the coverage was a little bit lacking. Uh, I know yeah. the USGA got got some flack for that, at least through Saturday, um, with the amount of commercial interruptions there were, the lack of golf at times, or a lot of uh, on-camera kind of discussions going on when guys are battling it out, um, you know, late on the back nine. It was a little frustrating to see Justin Leonard's face constantly there when we weren't seeing golf. Ah. But, you know, besides that, it was it was really an excellent, excellent uh, uh, tournament. And, um, you know, a, a course that has a, a rich, immense history, um, which I'm glad they talked about. Uh, throughout the telecast, we don't get that all the time. Um, you know, and comparing it to some of these live events and some of the other spots, you know, you're not going to get that in these other tours and these other tournaments and these other places. You know, there's just no history like there is at places like the Country Club on Brookline where, you're, you know, you have 140, you know, year club history. Uh, it's it's pretty cool stuff. So um, I always look forward to, to weeks like that and events like that and seeing courses again that you haven't seen maybe in 15, 20 years on TV. It's it's a pleasure to watch. LIV, I don't even know her. Um, it's <laughs> one story about who's living anyways. Um, I have a story real quick. I'm going to go see Buzz Lightyear on Sunday. It was fantastic. Great start to finish movie. Um, good Lord, I'm so still nostalgic about that. Um, yeah. But I'm going to – I went to Buffalo Wild Wings and um, – I had these two guys with me, and in there, I'm like, man, everybody's getting excited about golf. What's going on? And then I remember the text I sent you the previous day, like saying, oh, Fitzpatrick's going to win this puppy. <laughs> and I'm, I'm still a whole bar of people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. This is amazing. And when he won it, they were so pissed off. I'm like, yes. Yeah, I'm the one guy in the. Buffalo Wild Wings going crazy. I that remember that text, see. Mike. I, I remember it, and uh, and you know it's nice to see, even at a you know at a B Dubs uh, anywhere nationwide. That surprised I, me. I, I visited one myself actually relatively recently, and and again, golf is alive and well, uh, and it's and it's a good thing. Um, you know, it, it's yeah, exactly. And, you know, we're gonna have some tough times. Every sport goes through trials and tribulations where you know good and bad things happen. It's no one's immune to this. So um, right. yeah, but. As you said, it was nice to see a good product um, and nice to see, you know, a lot of people that not may not necessarily be fully involved or whatever. I know you haven't, you know, golf is not your your favorite uh, sport per se, you know, over the years, but it's great to see, you know, other people getting involved and loving it. So I, I, I can only see see positive and hope. I speak for Savannah, Georgia, when I say that's the first time I've ever seen that. Like, since, Tiger, since Tiger Woods' affair when I was over ESPN in a Mexican restaurant, that was the last time I saw that many eyes glued to a TV with golf on it. It was yeah, incredible. There you go. Yeah, for um, sure. So we, right. We transitioned to the Travelers, and it's on TPC River Highlands this weekend. 
What kind of weekend course and weather-wise are we looking at here? And you have any leans? I know it's it starts on Thursday, I believe, but um, you have any leans? Yeah, so uh, quickly through the course, uh, it's actually one of my favorite weeks that's a non-major throughout the year. And it's become that that way, and I'm not the only one here. It's become that way with a lot of people, not even just pundits or betters or fans alike, but also a lot of players. This started as a small kind of rank-and-file tournament 15, 20 years ago, and it's become, as we're seeing with the field here these last couple of years into this year, it is it attracts an elite field. Uh, we have mm. five of the top, uh, I think four of the top 10 in the world that are going to be here this week. So, yeah, you get a great field like this. It, it's a fantastic thing to see. Um, yeah, you know, the, the great thing about the course is that anybody can sort of win this thing. Um, we've, se we've seen players like Bubba Watson, who's a three-time winner here, uh, win in the, you know, the bob and, bob and gouge routine, just kind of hit it as far as you can and go find it. And then guys like Ches Reeve, who won three years ago, who is one of the shorter hitters. I think he's like 160th on tour in, in driving distance. You get that nice mix. Uh, it's a great Parkland-style tree-line course in the Northeast United States, which is really just a beautiful thing to see not only live uh but on tv it shows very very well on tv it's one of those things that mm. i i recommend the people that want to get into golf or haven't seen a lot of stuff besides the majors this is one of those tournaments that you know you really get wowed a little bit looking at this course it's it's a beautiful thing um yeah it's the nice thing as well uh is that grass wise uh they play on, on a grass called poa uh, which is more so home to Northern California and others, other parts of mm. the Midwestern and Northern part of the United States where weeds are popular. And it's, it's, it's an interesting type of grass because a lot of these California players or guys that are from that area, people like Patrick Cantley or Brendan Steele tend to play well in this course. And you don't Ooh. get that very often. Yeah. Usually you get a, a North, you know, a, a Northeast or a Southeast connection. You don't get a lot of the West coast guys that play as well. This is one of those interesting connections that I really, really like. Um, I've talked about through the years and, and some of the other podcasts. It's really kind of a cool thing. Other people have picked up on it as well. And so I look forward to this week for, for many, many reasons. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, getting into some of the guys uh, that I like, um, you know, I'm going to have a full write-up just so you, uh, you guys know. I know the uh, the link is on there um, on medium.com. Uh, make sure you click on that. I'll have it up uh, today. We're going to have exact numbers, exact guys. But, again, just, you know, basing off of what, what I just said, it's not necessarily the top end of the field. I know, you know, Justin Thomas and Scotty Scheffler um, are, are in this field. I'm just not sure. This is, a, this is not a great fit in the sense that there's a lot of people that can win this tournament. To me, there's 60, 70 guys that can outright absolutely win this tournament on their best game. Wow. You're not going to get tough conditions. You talked about the conditions. Uh, I know you wanted me to bring that up. Uh, light winds, no rain. It rained a little earlier in the week, so the course will be soft, very playable. My guess is that 17 to 19 under range, maybe even, a little, yeah, maybe even a little bit better depending on if putts can drop for someone. I think you're going to get a really low score here. So usually – the lower the scores, the lower you have to go, the more you get uh, a lot of guys in the mix. It's not, it, it, it doesn't become a, a difficult test. You know, whereas we saw last week at the U.S. Open, it really became only a, a test. Yeah, a test where only a few guys at the end of the day could have won. So, yeah, um, you know, some of the players I'll just mention off the top here, um, guys like Seamus Power, uh, Brian Harmon we were on last week. He faded, unfortunately, late for us. Uh, Mark Leishman, Brendan Steele, Jason Day, I think actually, wow. uh, uh, can make a nice little return here. Um, Ches Reeve, who I mentioned before, and then Lanto Griffin, um, who's probably going to be my favorite guy this week. Um, about 200 to one you can get for him uh, in the win, um, 
uh, market as well as top tens and top twenties. Um, he's a California guy who actually moved to the Northeast when he was uh, oh. in his teens. Has done, my plays, course. Exactly. Plays well on this type of grass. Um, he's been playing a little bit better of late, but still very much under the radar. Those are exactly the guys that we're trying to find here. So, um, yeah, again, look forward to that. That'll be up a little bit um, later on in the day and going forward. Uh, a lot of good things upcoming um, on there from me. Okay, so I'm glad you got to that because I'll tell NFL next. I was going to do that, but let's do this. What articles are out now? Because I've read about three of them. I was like, oh. Beautiful. What should we expect soon? And like, it was like a slight little sneak peek about what's out now, and then what, of course, is to come. Yeah, I appreciate it, Mike. So, um, if, so right, we have right out now is basically uh mostly golf related material. Uh, it's gonna be stuff that uh, I talked about moving day uh, Saturday at the U.S. Open right. and what we, we could expect, how difficult the scores would be. I think there's this notion that after you make the cut and all of the you know bad players are kind of out, that you're gonna get better scoring. And I my main point of that was to say that that's actually not gonna happen for a variety of reasons. Weather was a lot of it, the way the course was set up, it worked out. You know, I mean, it was almost a 74 scoring average, four over on Ooh. Saturday. So. I think small things like that, little intricacies of not only just the betting markets, but just sports in general that sometimes I think get missed and get lost, uh, you know, uh, swept under the rug um, are the, the type of things that I'm going to be uh, uh, talking about. Um, so, yeah, we have that. Uh, and then going forward, uh, especially in the sports realm, I'm going to be starting a, a bit of a uh, newsletter uh, that will be just talking focused on bets and the guys that we can be looking for. Again, the conversation we just had about guys we're looking for, why they fit the course, why it makes sense. That's going to be a weekly thing uh, sent out on Wednesday as well. So look Hot for dirt. that coming forward. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually really excited about that because I think you can get it. We can get a nice niche, good group of aud uh, of audience that not only just likes golf, but you know wants to know what they, who they can look at, who they can bet on, things like that. So. That's what we're doing. And then going into, uh, I know we're going to be talking about the NFL and football upcoming, so it's a perfect segue. Um, that's where we're going to be focusing a lot on as well. Ooh. So, yes, I'm a big golf guy, but really in regards to the sports betting realm, um, the, a lot of money can be made uh, both in NCAA football and NFL football in the variety of markets. And it just keeps getting bigger and better. And I'm really looking forward to that. So, yeah, this is, I think, a great time to get involved, to get started. It, it's just worked out well on so many fronts, Mike. I'm really excited about it. I'm excited about it, too. How about this? I'm going to make a proposal to you on the show. Um, because it was brought to my attention that you don't mind coming on. So, with that being said, would you like to come on at least every Wednesday or, what, like, in the future to, like, to maybe preview your newsletter? Maybe let us know a little sneak peek, but not the whole thing? Be I'd love cool to. Deal. I'd love to, That's Mike. Cool. And again, this is it's why I love being with you guys. Both you and Aaron are exactly the epitome of what this should be about. You know, you nobody's making you know a massive living here. You know, nobody's getting rich uh, yet. But you guys love to do it for what it is. And again, if it whatever everything anything leads to or whatever happens in the future the fact is i know that you guys care and you love it and you're passionate about it and that's what makes Sports. what that's what gets me excited so uh it's right. a pleasure it's honestly a pleasure talking to you and being on the show anytime i, I can't say that enough it really is yeah hey, you're my favorite Vegas square man <laughs> yeah, that's right always right a shout out to token tony and i'm spike though this guy's gonna come on again soon i ain't gonna lie um so let's get to this. 20 of the 25 Deshaun Watson cases are settled. That was big news last night. 
Suspension will no doubt soon follow. And, I mean, your elephant is gone and now in the room of Cleveland. Your disgruntled baker is going to be traded. So, should betters all of a sudden buy now in Cleveland? Because I'm going to tell you this. There's a possibility, a rumor, a speculation that Jimmy G for Baker might be a thing if the Carolina thing doesn't work out. Should I bet now and jump that, or should I wait and see if Jacoby Brissett, as a Colts fan, you know my feelings about him. Should I wait and see if he's the man, or should I just jump now and hope something happens? This is a good team. It is. It is. There's a lot of good pieces. Um it's a, it's a tough question. It's a loaded question in many ways. And the only <laughs> the only way that I would be able to answer it is I would look at what your interest is in the other teams in that division first. Ooh. So to me, I would be very hands-off because, as we know, the quarterback is by far the most important position on the field. And Deshaun Watson is a very good quarterback when healthy and when available to play. Uh, I should say. So we don't know what the suspension will be. We've heard that it might be a year. It seems like it may be less now. Who knows? But it's a lot of unknown. So to me, as a better, from the betting perspective, with unknown, I stay away. I like to know things. I like to have an idea. I like to have a good spot. So with all this unknown, we know there's going to be suspension. We know there's some sort of turmoil that is continuing in Cleveland. I would look at the other teams in the division and see how you feel there. If you feel that maybe Baltimore is a little bit undervalued based upon what they've done so far. If you like the recovery that you think will happen in Pittsburgh, if you believe in Mike Tomlin uh, going forward, you know, is Cincinnati a fluke or are they really this team that's driving forward? That's become the cream of the division. That's what I would answer. And if you believe whatever you would believe, like let's say you are a Cincinnati believer, you're a Cincinnati backer. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe now is your time, you know, to to get on there, whether it's a to win the division bet, whether it's to win the conference or uh, season wins, you know, better, whatever the case would be. That's, I think, where you would want to be at, be at instead of Cleveland centric, uh, Cleveland centric bets, because with Cleveland, you know, we just don't there's too much unknown at the most important position on the field uh, with a player that when he's available and healthy, he's a top 10 quarterback in the league. You know, you, you may realize how dull a question that was whenever you told me about the other team's division because I realized Steelers just signed Miles Jack um, to go along with their already amazing yep. defense. The Ravens are going to be healthy again, um, yep. and Lamar Jack is only going to get better. Um, the Bengals, even if they were a fluke, still just made uh, the Super Bowl. That's a good point by you. It's it's a it's a really good division. The division is back rising again. Uh, it was I think it was a little bit weaker at in spots the last couple of years. I think it's looking forward. Um, and yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it's a it's a good time. I unfortunately don't have any um distinct opinions. I don't right. have anything usually at least until mid to late July. It takes me a long time to prepare fully and be very confident yes. going into a season. Plus, there's so many injuries and things that can happen, of course, oh. in uh, in football. But I uh, I like it. I like what we're going to see. I think we're going to see a lot of great uh, old school AFC North style battles this year. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Again, just for the quality of football purposes. Again, not taking mm. any, any account of of uh, Deshaun Watson. I mean, the hope is that he's not suspended for the year because you know a healthy Deshaun Watson that's ready to play in that division. I think uh, is going to be a lot more fun. You know, Tony, I'm just like a, I'm like a bursting firework about to explode, and that sounds really dirty. But I'm going to tell you why. Because the NFL this season 
I've got my quarterback um, with Matt Ryan. Um, you've got the AFC West. I don't even care how good Russell Wilson does in Denver. The whole division is stacked. Yeah, AFC is. North. Tom Brady will not leave us alone. Nope. Um, you got the Rams who are only reloaded. Oh, man, this is going to be a fantastic year. And I, I'm happy that you're part of the ride. Man, this will be incredible. I know. I it, it is really shaping up to be something incredible. As you said, I mean, so many of these divisions are stacked from top to bottom. You know, it's not just the NFC North, uh, you know, like it has been in the last couple of years. So I um I couldn't agree with I couldn't agree more with you. It's it's a it's an exciting time for sure. Daniel Jones approval year. This is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm having a little some nostalgia there. Hey, so thanks for tuning thanks for tuning in, guys, and thank you, Tony, for coming on again. I guess you're going to be the little help me wrap it up guy every single time. <laughs> sure. Course, yeah, no, it's good. Right. It's a pleasure. It really is. Tomorrow is NLL Thursday. I guess we'll, we will have another one because we got to recap how the Mammoth did come back from 1-0 and beat the Bandits 2-1. That was a great time. Um, and, Tony, again, thank you so much. And for Sammy, thank you as well for coming on once again while Aaron takes a hibernation period, if you will. <laughs> Yeah, it's that time of year here in Las Vegas. You even see an uptick in not just tourists, but people in general. Uh, things are busier uh, yeah. in this time, even though it's so hot uh, outside. Um, it's you see the uptick for sure, and I get it. You know, being involved uh, oh. in that world in that industry, um, it's a busy time. My bad. That was, that was, not, that was my fault. Go ahead, keep going. No, that's good. That's uh, that was pretty much it. No, 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 I, was, uh, I put as, the wrong thing anyway. As uh, you know, we. We'll get Aaron back when we can, but uh, it's an understandable thing. It's uh, oh. there's again so much going on in this town and this city that uh, if you're involved in it at all, it's just going to take you away from sometimes oh, yeah. the things that that I know that you love and I know how much he loves the show. So it's uh, yes, it's certainly a brief time, a couple more weeks, and then uh, he'll be back uh, back in his full time mode. That was horrible, my man. <laughs> I'm trying to try to switch the logo and I click on the commercial. Ah, bye, Tony. <laughs> the, the quick hook i almost got the quick hook there <laughs> right well thankfully we don't have our a, a time restraint which is cool good. um so thanks again tony and um hey for those of you out there that are watching or listening drive safe <laughs>